Let's see if I remember how to do this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GamesTube. <laughs> I am your host, Damon Hatfield. Good to be back in the hosting seat uh, after a couple weeks off for paternity leave. Everyone is doing great. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, but I do want to thank <laughs> Tina, who's also joining me this week, who did just an excellent job of hosting the show in my stead. Tina, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you for having me, Damon, and welcome back. Thank you. Uh, I only took two and a half weeks off and we get more weeks of paternity leave than that. We're able to split it up throughout, I think over the, the first 12 months of the baby's life. So I will be taking some more time off over the next year. So you'll be seeing uh, more of, of, of Tina taking the reins of GameScoop. Sam Claiborne is also here. Hey everybody, I'll take some reins, uh, but only secondhand. Okay. I'll sit behind <laughs> people on the horse. No one, no one wants a backseat podcaster, Sam. And Justin No Davis. one wants to sit backseat on a horse. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, well, uh, hello, Scoop. Damon, congratulations on becoming a double dad, Thank joining you. the club. It's yeah. uh, much easier the second time around. Well, the fir- the baby seems easier, but then dealing with the older kid is like, a, that's like the, the challenge right now. And Kingo yeah. has just started mm. in the past week, started temper tantrums. Mm. So that's what, that just started? Yeah. It's a, that seems poorly timed. I know. I'm sorry it's, about that. It's it's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's the twos too. It is also mm-hmm. the twos and also some jealousy of mommy and daddy's time yeah. being taken up by this new toy that's in the house. <laughs> it's timed perfectly for the first jealousy is yeah. to have your baby uh, sibling arrive. Yeah. But we have a great show for this week. We've got uh, a very exciting Nintendo Direct from yesterday to talk about. All sorts of exciting news out of that one. I have the 100th issue of Nintendo Power, which was uh, printed in September 1997 for us to flip mm-hmm. through. Uh, very appropriate for this Nintendo-themed week. But first, what I played on my paternity leave. I thought I would mm-hmm. share that. I've, been, I've actually played a lot uh, on my time mm-hmm. off. Um, nice. First and foremost, played a lot of Deathloop. And I think you guys talked mm-hmm. about Deathloop last week. Is that right? Sure did. So who? I know Sam is playing it. Tina and Justin, are yeah. you also playing it? Yeah, I'm um, pretty close to the end, I think. I suspect, unless <laughs> they're going to throw me for a loop, if you will. Ooh, but yeah, well. I've played many, many hours. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Justin, pretty obsessed. Justin, you're playing it? Not yet, but I am going. To, like, I didn't think I was interested in it because I wasn't interested in like a die, repeat, go back kind of game. But our review really won me over in describing it as a Metroidvania, but moving through time instead of space. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, it's just a different game than I thought it was. And so um, I thought it was not going to be for me, but it, it definitely is. I just I haven't had a chance to get it started yet. Yeah. And, and Scoop Crew liked Hitman a lot also, and it has a lot of that to it. Just a lot of just yeah, like watching right. watching and waiting and seeing things happen and then exploiting those in like multiple ways, like Majora's Mask too. It's really cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. I've completed six visionary leads, <laughs> so I just have two left, and I, I think I'm pretty close to finishing one oh. of those. Um, I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, I like it a lot. Uh, we've talked a lot about Dishonored on the show. A big fan of Dishonored, so I like Arcane. I like this style of game. I, you know, not having completed the story, I don't know how, if I'm going to like what sort of the explanation for everything is. I don't know if there's a story mm. explanation for why all the enemies are wearing these outfits or why they're all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Or, because there's a party. Here, yeah, right? it's it's a masquerade party. So everyone is like, <laughs> okay. no, I, I don't all know times what of day ready to party. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? it's like Bioshock. <laughs> They're going to have to explain why they disappear when they die and stuff like that. Yeah, too. there might be some explanations. Yeah. Um, the cynical side of me guesses um, they just didn't or didn't have the time to animate all those different faces. But 
Mm. Um, well, man, it's yeah. nice to that, not that drag is... bodies into boxes for a game. That's true. Finally, I really like that. That's the body disposal is not my favorite part of stealth games. I'll just throw that out. There. Well, but now there's no and... there's no option uh, because they they leave behind that dust that other enemies mm-hmm. can spot, right? Except yeah, there's um, well, there's they can see them, but if there's a specific um, slab upgrade yeah. to the aether mm-hmm. slab that if you use it, it, it um, and you kill them while you're invisible, they won't see the yeah. the remains. That's right. The That's dusty right. remains. So there's still mm-hmm. a little strategic element there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does kind of bother me that you can't equip all of your slabs at once. Yeah. Like, I like know. You couldn't dishonor, right? Yes. I, at least, like, I really want at least three slabs because I need yeah. my invisibility. Mm-hmm. I need my shift, and then I shift. want something. Yeah, and then I want something that's a little bit more aggressive for, like, namely when Juliana shows up. Mm-hmm. So three mm-hmm. would have been the sweet spot for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think two was was an oversight. That's my maybe greatest criticism of the game so far. Yeah. Do you find Juliana Juliana to be much of a threat? I did to start mostly because she just terrified me. And so I was my own, my own Mm -hmm. worst um, uh, enemy because uh, I just like freak out and I'd be smashing a bunch of buttons trying to run away from her and, and go invisible. And she always seemed to see me, but now that I'm a little bit more confident um, and have my way around the game, as long as you get the jump on her and you can, you've got like a special weapon that just does the job really well and you've upgraded mm-hmm. it well. Because I've got a shotgun that has uh, some upgrades that let me have the same amount of damage per a longer distance and more accuracy. And that is a mm-hmm. deadly combo. So mm-hmm. a couple blasts into her face and she's yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how you can see her shimmer too. So you can totally start shooting her if she's invisible, and then she's totally, you know, like screwed. Then you know, I I couldn't agree more. I was much more scared of Juliana than I, than I was. It turned out threatened. That was like the perfect way to describe it. And uh, I have like a, a short anecdote. Like I had uh, I had gone into a, a good dungeon basically when Juliana was out. So I was in the dungeon. I was like, oh man, when I come out of this with all my loot. Then I'm going to have to face her. And this is like probably only a few times in, like I'd never really faced her too much. And so I was like, this is going to be so scary. And I was, I, you know, I was thinking about the whole time. I was kind of trying to find stuff that might help me. Um, and I came out, it was like dead silent. There's like nothing going on. Kind of like walking towards the, the hack to leave the, you have to like hack an antenna and then mm. leave the level. And, um, all of a sudden, I, like, I see this like shimmering body. I'm like, oh, what, what the heck is this? And I walk over, and it's like, reclaim Juliana's residuum. I was like, she's just out here. She was dead because I'd hacked just randomly one sentry bot yeah. just on the way in, and that had killed her. Yeah, nice. Oh, God. Like, straight up killed her. Yeah. Those sentry bots, those turrets are so clutch them. in some yep. situations. Um, Lucy, our, our features editor, actually tweeted something that made me laugh quite a bit because it resonated. I, I forget exactly how she put it, but she put it as something like, oh, I love just picking up my briefcase in Deathloop and walking into a room <laughs> and dropping my briefcase down and just waltzing out like nothing mm-hmm. suspicious here. But I genuinely would do that. I'd walk around with my theoretical briefcase. Um, and then, yeah, you just let it do all the dirty work for you. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yep. If, that's, if I have that things. option in a game, mm-hmm. I am always going to pursue that option. That was my favorite yeah. way to play. Yeah. I'm basically, basically any of those games. Pray and Remember Bioshock. Perfect Dark had the yep. laptop that would yeah. stick to the walls or ceilings? Yeah. Yes. So you'd throw that out and then it would just like kill everything in the room. I love that stuff. Yeah. The laptop I want gun. that more in games. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so yeah, super fun game. I think Colt is one of the more likable and funnier protagonists that I've played in a long time. Yeah. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I think Julian, Julian is pretty annoying. I'm not a fan of, I think, and I think it's like a performance thing. I think the mm. performance behind you on is pretty obnoxious. Well, Colt also finds her very annoying. So maybe <laughs> <role playing>. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're so in the game, Damon. He's actually pretty nice to her. Yeah, he he calls her annoying a bunch of times, though, and Mm -hmm. grumbles, and then they hang up on each other. It's a whole dynamic. Yeah. So, Deathloop, very cool. I played a bit of Psychonauts 2 before Deathloop came out, and I made it to... Has anyone played any Psychonauts 2 here? No, I cannot wait to play it. I, I love Psychonauts. I'm just lining things up now in my pile. I was, I was really enjoying it. I just got distracted by Deathloop. I, I made it to, for people who have played it, I'm in the casino world, which is one of the first sort of areas. It, it seems to be level-based uh, as you go through it. And I never played the original Psychonauts, so I didn't have any expectations. But in typical Double Fine fashion, it's very funny, very well-written, very charming. Uh, great characters, and it's a it's a it's a platformer with lots of clever uh, pa- platforming challenges, and you have your like psychic powers that you can use to get around, and there's lots of collectibles to find. So that's really fun. I was having fun playing that, and I'll try to get back to that at some point. And I've played well over a hundred levels of Zookeeper World, <laughs> which was released <laughs> on Apple Arcade, and I was I was trying to tell Sam uh, how great it was, but he had he he thought it was another Zookeeper. Right. He thought, first of all, multiple people have come to me and be like, dude, did you hear they're, they're redoing Zookeeper on Apple mm-hmm. iOS? And I, was, I didn't even look at it. I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, because this has gone poorly before with games like Burger Time. Zookeeper, first of all, is a Taito arcade machine from like 1983, and it's it's adorable. And it's, it's got like zoo animals all over it in this like cool uh, stencil. And then like what you do in the game is you draw this rectangle around animals that are trying to escape a little central area. So you're containing them by draw by drawing this, this thing around them over and over again. They try to break out. It's a great, great arcade machine. And uh, so, you know, people kept, people know I love it. So people can bring that up to me, but this game, nothing to do with that. No, completely different thing. But, and so you've been playing it too, Justin, and it's based on like a, like a Nintendo DS game, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the original origins of Zookeeper, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those sort of cult puzzle games that, you know, it's basically like Bejeweled, right? Like it's a match three puzzle game, but just, um, really, really well done and well liked and one that everyone was excited and energized to see was back again. Yeah. It's just a really well put together and cute match three puzzle game with zoo animals and then a, a zoo management, uh, mechanic that you do in between rounds that I feel, I think maybe you agree, Justin, I think this, the zoo management is a little underbaked. Yes. Too much uh, going on there. It is. Although I do like, I have such a soft spot in my just gaming career for people that are just kind of rude to you, but in a funny way. And like the manager of the zoo is like a jerk. He's a total, he's a total jerk to you. Oh, there's lion (laughs) making her appearance. Uh, Big appearance. (laughs) <laughs> get, that, get that light on, Damon. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, in Zookeeper, I think the other comment I wanted to make about it is Apple Arcade, I've ranted about how much I love and appreciate that service in the past, but like an underrated thing that it does is it takes these game concepts and ideas that have just been completely ruined by, you know, free-to-play trash, by, you know, being littered with ads, by littered with upsells and, you know, trying to squeeze as much money out of the customer as possible. But like, if you try to envision in your head what a game like Farmville would be if it never mm-hmm. asked you for a dollar, mm-hmm. like it'd be awesome. You'd have this nice That's relaxing really cool. farm you could check in on. And like, so to see a game like Zookeeper or there's a few gotcha games on Apple Arcade now, like these game concepts and mechanics that, um, that are so intertwined with how they're monetized so as to be kind of ruined. And then Apple Arcade decouples that and gives you a new opportunity to like, it, yeah. it, it just feels so refreshing and so good 
that Zookeeper, you can just play a really good polished puzzle game and it doesn't ask you for a nickel. It's great. Yeah, it, re- it reminds me of like the golden age of casual puzzle games of the 2000s with companies like PopCap, where they would just put out ab- like Peggle and, and Plants vs. Zombies and yeah. just absolutely excellent uh, puzzle games that you just like paid $5, $10 for and that's it. It's a new thing. Like I, first of all, I love I love what you were just saying about how uh, Apple Arcade's reclaiming the kind of free to play games and like making legit games out of them. That's super cool. Um, and then also, how did both of you know to play this game? Like, I, I just don't know what the origins of, of this like being interesting is. What Zookeeper or just in general? Zookeeper. Well, I, I download I, I download and play every Apple Arcade game. There's one or two. A right. Week. That's right. So that explains it for you. <laughs> what uh, about Damon? I read a headline that it was coming somewhere, probably on Touch Arcade. Uh, and I was I had played Zoo, uh, Zookeeper somewhere before I think probably on Nintendo DS. And I like got it. Okay, I like a good puzzle okay. game. So there's a new there Castle, there's a Castlevania game out on uh, Apple Arcade as well. Yeah, what's that like? Yeah, uh, it is weird. It, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a well, it has blue, you can pair a Bluetooth controller and you know it plays great. It plays like a 2D Castlevania game, but it's clearly a repurposed gotcha game where yeah. you you earn currency. And then you unlock new, like you got a new rare sword to equip Alucard with. Like it's insane. It was clearly something that was intended for some different purpose, but is now on Apple Arcade and is free with your subscription. So it's okay. great. Yeah, it's weird. Well, there's a better Castlevania game that's out now uh, that I've downloaded that I haven't started yet. Uh, and then in the while well, we we're in the, ho- the hospital, I played a lot more of Picross Genesis Edition. I crossed over 100 puzzles in that one. And finally, the other thing, the last thing I played just a little bit of is uh, a cave shooter that I had never played before was released on Switch. And that's, I don't even know how you're supposed to pronounce it. ESP Galuda 2. How are you supposed to pronounce these things, Justin? Espagluda 2? I've always called that one Espagluda, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it has like a psychic theme, so like the ESP makes sense. But That's a great point. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's ESP then. That's that's that was my guess, but I again, I don't know. I, I love cave shooters like Dodonpachi and Death Smiles, but I'd never played this one before. Uh, so I downloaded that, and I've just I spent just a little bit of time with it. But it seems like a great bullet hell shooter so far. And that's what I played on my paternity leave. It was good. That's that's all you're gonna play again. By the way, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It yeah. wasn't like that. I think I just, maybe I just got lucky. Maybe. Kim, Kim, I, I remember God. early pictures of uh, Daddy Daycare with you with a controller and playing uh, early on mm-hmm. uh, before. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So maybe also an opportunity too. Okay, let's get to that Nintendo Direct that aired yesterday that I think was... I, I, uh, I enjoyed it <clears throat> myself. I think people mm-hmm. are pretty happy with it. How about you guys? I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of dull, but I, I do fun. I am yeah I'm excited for some games in it. It's just like, wow, wow I don't need a Kirby big 3D game. I I, I don't care about that. You know, <laughs> Splatoon, no, don't need that. You know, like all this stuff. Like I don't know. Like I'm excited for the old Castlevania games and Actraiser, but Actraiser even still, it's like. Eh. I know you're what are you big on. I know you're Sam. I know you're excited about a, a card game from Square Enix. Oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't believe they like tripled down on cards for that too. They're like, they're like, how would you like to take out everything but the cards? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I really like. I, I was actually, I got tweets just because I guess you know, Damon, you and I have a brand now. We're like, you know, card card based battle systems. Um, people are like, are you really interested in it? I actually didn't think it looked that interesting until I found out that uh, it's Yokotaro making it, who's 
you know, near like, mm-hmm. you know, worked on oh. near, uh, worked on a bunch of, you know, Dragon Guard, just a bunch of really, really good, uh, games that, you know, that, that piqued my interest. And that's the reason that I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'll check that out for sure. Um, the, the, the great card games of today, like Slay the Spire and Monster Train are made by small indie teams. So I don't know. It's kind of like what, what, what is a, a really big AAA developer like Square Enix, you know, do they have the same sort of understanding and love for that genre? I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, not even Chocobo GP. <laughs> did it for that was a surprise. <laughs> that was a surprise. I'll say that. Do people remember Chocobo Racing? Yeah. I just, just it being a name and a, and a, you know, yeah. screenshots of it. I never played it. Is it like this? Yeah. It's just like this. I mean, it, you know, from the mid two thousands in the wake of Mario Kart, every mm-hmm. video game mascot got their own kart racing game. Right. I mean, Mario, Mario Kart eight came out. Uh, you can look this up. It's true. 25 years ago is how long <laughs> it's been since we got a new Mario Kart game. So but like it's Mario time. Kart, Mario Kart eight is like perfect. It's it like hard perfect. to even imagine how they could improve upon that. So it's some, you know, it is. Yeah. It is very true. I've been playing it, replaying it with my seven-year-old, and I'm like, "This is a perfect video game." It's basically a lot of the same structure, but yeah. now with swords, yeah, and RPG characters. Now with Chocobo. <laughs> Apparently, there was a Chocobo Racing 3D announced for the 3DS, but it was never released. Oh, oh. interesting. So, Sam Kirby in the Forgotten Land does not do anything for you. That oh, looks so no, cool. Yeah. If they threw in like a, well, all Kirby games are boring and for babies. So I don't really think it's, it, it, I just don't see any possibility here. It doesn't matter if you make it like an explorable world, you're just going to walk into enemies that can't kill you and move on. Like this is what those games are. So like, uh, you know, like if there's like cool platforming or exploration or something, it might work. But like, I want to know if, is this from a team that worked on a game that was really cool? Mm. Or is this from like, you know, some team that's just like, Oh, we're just going to make a 3d, Kirby game. And my immediate question was like, oh, is this what you know some of the Mario people are working on or something? Like that would be more appealing to me, I guess. But like Yeah, Casey a- was speculating on NBC, which was our post show to the Nintendo Direct this week. Um she was speculating, you know, whether or not this was the same engine as um the team worked on for Odyssey. And mm-hmm. there is some like world elements where I could see that being realistic. So if it is like Kirby's spin on that kind of an exploration and environment that could be really cool and it was certainly one of the best looking games on the show i would say Mm -hmm. i'm invested in the lore of this kirby game (laughs) yeah it's weird post-apocalypse is not the first thing i go to with kirby it's true no like yeah sam that's actually a great point is like nintendo does have super different teams with different backgrounds and proclivities and skill sets and like once we learn more about who is some of the talent behind this might inform kind of my hype level too. Um, could also have been, you know, Smash came out three years ago and maybe maybe Sakurai has been working on this or or maybe has been full-time on Smash DLC. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Kirby games either, but I, I think also Mario Odyssey is also a perfect video game. So a new mm. open world-ish 3D platformer from Nintendo will get my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've talked on Scoop before about how playing video games with my kid is a chore. But like the the older one, the older one is just getting old enough that it's actually becoming fun again. And so yeah. when I watch the direct, like that recontextualizes what I think about some of these games. Or like, oh, I absolutely want to play this game as like a family game now. Like, and there's a place for like slightly more chilled out, less intense 3D platformers. Like that that that's the point in my life that I'm at right now. Sure. So no Splatoon three with her. 
No, we're not a Splatoon <laughs> household. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> That's true. Although, <laughs> yeah, for now. although, even that, like, if you're 12, you know, and your parents don't want you playing Fortnite, like, what options do you have available to you as, like, a shooter? Like, Splatoon occupies, like, unique mm-hmm. space in oh, the game. Only give them an iPhone. <laughs> Uh, that's a news joke. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, side note, my two-year-old does like playing around with uh, Zookeeper because it's like he, he can mm-hmm. just sort of like swipe things randomly and enough stuff oh. will happen and explosions yeah. will happen and new pieces fall in. And there's cute <laughs> animals, so he, he likes that. He calls it Daddy's Game. Aww. Aww that's sweet. I, bet endless, really runners, I bet endless Runners are perfect for two-year-olds. Yeah. i got to yeah. try that with my three-year-old nephew. Um. Yeah. Getting back to the Nintendo Direct, there was an announcement that was a little bit confusing to me. Knights of the Old Republic. Coming to Switch. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that It's confusing? weird. Because like, it's not. They just announced a remake for PS5, right? Mm-hmm. And I Yes. Th- Listen, Nintendo does what no one else don't. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa, <wait a> <laughs> it, it, Something there, it, like that. <laughs> and like that, that game... You know what's funny is that like that they probably had the deal to put that game on the platform, and there's just all this buzz about Knights of the Old Republic, and Nintendo doesn't know what Sony's gonna do. Nope. You know they, they don't they have any idea. Mm, if yeah. they would have done this direct three weeks ago, people have been like, "This is awesome!" Like it's only on iPad and Steam right now. It'd be really cool to get this on Switch. But yeah, I just think it's just it, it's just an unexpected fail in uh, announcing. It's yeah. such it was a, awkwardly timed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a bad look for the Switch that I can't believe they didn't pull it from the direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if it was already like planned to come out, that's fine. But maybe, <laughs> maybe don't put it in the direct. Yeah. And like, but but I do think like uh, it's interesting that a playbook is now developing. I think it's all but assured we're going to get a Knights of the Old Republic three, and not because you know I have some inside scoop, but just because. This is what you do, like, you know, you remaster your old game and you re-release it on the platforms that you can. Like, with, there's there's now these, like, steps that you follow to sort of revive a long dormant franchise. Like, we're seeing it with Mass Effect right now, too. Like, and so I think that that's pretty cool. I, You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But, like, why else? Like, what's what's with the sudden interest on EA's part, you know? Yeah. It's, it's this this port is from Aspire. And aren't they also the ones doing the remake? Yes. So mm-hmm. they're just working on nice little public all the time. Yeah, because yeah. they had done those those earlier ports. Mm-hmm. And so let's get on the switch. Uh, all right. Project Triangle Strategy is now just Triangle Strategy. And it has a release date, <laughs> March 4th, 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. I look forward to that. That means they couldn't come up with a better name. They had, what, six months? And- yeah. Or mm-hmm. they just got it, it just got they got so used to it. They, maybe they tried. Okay, they're like, okay, finally, we, we have an announcement internally. Project Triangle Strategy is now called Grimoire of the Fantasy King. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no one's like, no, I can't. I, it's, I can't stop calling it Project Triangle Strategy. <laughs> yep. I, that one, you know, I didn't play the demo. Uh, I was on board as soon as that game was announced, so I could just happily wait for that to be released and definitely play that one. Metroid Dread got another trailer, but I don't know, Sam. What do you think? I don't think there was any like new well, information in it. No, the last trailer was really cool, and it mm-hmm. showed like stuff that like we didn't even talk about on the show or or on NBC because it was like basically spoilery. Mm-hmm. But that that got me really excited for Metroid. I mean, there's a there's a cool mother brain thing in this. Mm-hmm. I like seeing yeah. that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like you can tell, like the early game is probably the robot stalking you part, mm-hmm. and they just showed a lot of uh, a lot of that here. And I think the later game is probably going to be the exploring planets part, which is more yeah. exciting to me. Yeah, this is. Probably the most marketing 
uh, Metro game has ever received. Ever? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. We'll see. I mean, Samus Returns probably had that also, but it was a tough sell on the 3DS at the time. And, you know. I mean, I, I'm in the mode at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't need anything yeah. else. Like, just I'm just waiting for the game to come out. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Coming out soon. Uh, yeah, just a couple weeks, I guess. Um, okay, one of the biggest announcements in the Direct was the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. It's going to start adding Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games. I was For, surprised. But, but, but it'll cost you. Yeah. So or something. Yeah. They <laughs> well, didn't, it's so hard to tell. They're going to increase the price somewhat. I don't know. What's, what's Nintendo Switch Online? It's $20 a year? 30? Yeah. yeah. There's a family plan that's like forty something too. I think it's thirty five is the family yeah. plan. That's it's a little like I always you can find it on sale and get deals, which is what I always do. So I'm mm-hmm. actually not sure what like the normal price is. Yeah, so compared compared to other monthly plans, that is very mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. So you can see there probably be a drive to increase that. I just don't know if it needs to be paired with like we're adding you know Sonic Two. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would guess maybe it's like $25 a year now, a $5 increase, something like that. There's no way. It's going to be like double. Oh, really? I'm, oh, I, I think mean, it's going to be double, too. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I don't think it's worth it. Well, you're getting nine Nintendo 64 games uh, to, no. start, to start with. To start with, yeah. Yeah. I, I think mean, I only guess... three of which I would really want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. Yeah, it is Nintendo. <laughs> and the fact about. that they're priced so low to begin with, I'm sure they were just waiting for the right time to make it more substantive and to increase the rates and you know mm. bring bring back virtual console in some form. I guess. Yeah, good point. I do, I do think yeah. the controllers are really cool. They're actually yeah, those awesome. Are cool. Mm. You know, they could double the price because they're they're doubling the bits, right? Because mm, uh, that's every, right. We're getting 16 bits for your eight bits from before. You're getting 64 bits for your 32. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're getting four times. No, you're getting four times. It was only yeah. 16 before. That's right. Yeah. So maybe it'll be four times as expensive. So $80 Just a year. based on the bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the lineup of Genesis games, I, in my opinion, is actually better than the Nintendo 64 lineup. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting that they're, they're, they seem to not be afraid to, um, you know, put Mario Golf right next to the new Mario Golf and same with Mario Tennis and Pokemon Snap. Like, you know, there's all these N64 resurrections that are new and contemporary on the Switch. but um, but I kind of expected Nintendo to push those games off into next year for Nintendo online, but they're going right out with them. Yeah. And Mario 64 is one of them. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Even though it was just in the 3d collection and Banjo Kazooie. And Banjo Kazooie is in another collection. No, no, no. Banjo Kazooie is not in the initial lineup, but they showed yeah. off the box art. Like yeah. it is coming. Uh, it's in the, it's listed in the upcoming games. So yeah, that's insane. Like no one seems to be <laughs> that, like that weirded out by that. Well, so that you makes know, me wonder like, is perfect dark going to be in it? Mm-hmm. I just like you can I just in the, the year of our Lord 2021, you can play Banjo-Kazooie on your switch with a Nintendo 64 controller that's wireless. And it, it just it's it's one of those like weird and rare is things. now owned by Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> How does this stuff keep happening? I don't know. I mean, there, there, it must be I must have to do with the publishing agreement because Nintendo published it originally. Well, and it's also like, you know, maybe I'm wrong about the price. Maybe it will be five bucks. I'm assuming it's going to be expensive and I'm going to be annoyed. But like, I am absolutely <laughs> going to spend that money. Like, it's a foregone well, conclusion. I'll always subscribe to whatever tier of Nintendo stuff is because there's just like weird free stuff. And just like, I want my game saves and everything. Like, I just like whatever. And so like upping it to have, you know, the Genesis and 64 stuff in case 
I'm at the airport and I'm like, well, there's nothing to play. Might as well play. I don't know. Body harvest. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Windback. Yeah. Windback. It's so random. It's like the, the drip feed of NES and Super Nintendo games coming to online. It's like the games are so random and obscure sometimes. It's like. I, I saw a spreadsheet of um, game Nintendo 64 games that were on the Wii Virtual Console and the Wii U Virtual Console. Hmm. And then that basically gives you a roadmap for like they've already emulated those games. They already have access to those ROMs. And so yeah. it's like, well, we know we're going to get 1080p snowboarding next year. And like all the stuff that's not available at launch. It's like, it's a totally artificial, like there's no reason it couldn't have double the number of games at launch. Yeah. Well, that's coming in October, some date and for some unknown new price, uh, <laughs> shadow run trilogy. Is anyone- Isn't this a game? This is a series you like, right? Well, I mean, I, I like I remember trying to mess around with Shadowrun on both yeah. Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis back in the day, but they're they're like some pretty smart computer games uh, compared to most console games, so I didn't really get them. But I was like, what? Like, I only no, know this is, this is this is the modern Shadowrun. This, this is where I'm getting with this. Uh, th- okay, only, yeah, yeah. those two Shadowrun games are the only ones mm-hmm. that I was aware of from like consoles until the modern Shadowrun from Xbox that was like an, an all multiplayer shooter game. So I was like, what is this trilogy? And I looked it up. There was a third one. So Super Nintendo Shadowrun, 1993. Sega mm-hmm. Genesis Shadowrun, different game in 94. Then for the Me- Mega CD in Japan, there was a Shadowrun visual novel released in 1996. No. And I was like, is but, that the trilogy? But you're not, these are completely different. They yep. made modern, yep. they kickstarted them. Like Hairbrain Schemes made a modern, you know, isometric series of Shadowrun games that I, I played the first one on Steam. I have to confess, I didn't know they ever made a third one. Um, but that's that's what these are. Yep, that's what I learned today when I was doing yeah. my research. So, Shadowrun Returns yeah, was in 2013. Shadowrun Dragonfall was 2014, and then Shadowrun Hong Kong was 2015. So that's Never what this heard. trilogy is. I completely missed Shadowrun Hong Kong. Um, Shadowrun Returns is really good. Like a good isometric. I'm watching the trailer on Steam now. Um, I remember <laughs> really, I remember really liking this game. I'll probably check it out. It's like a good, a good, like a well, like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh my God, game of the year, but just like a really well done and like satisfying isometric RPG. Um, Castlevania Advance, finally real. Mm-hmm. It was announced, it, it was released yesterday. I downloaded it already, but I haven't jumped into it yet. Uh, but it was done by M2, which does generally great work with their reissues of classic games. So I'm glad this is a thing that exists. These are awesome it's, games. It's four games, right, Sam? It's what, Circle yeah. of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. Yeah, and Harmony and Aria are like widely regarded as, you know, top tier Castlevania games Mm -hmm. in the Metroid style of uh, backtracking exploration. But but, uh, Circle of the Moon, I I really liked it at the time and I played it a little bit after it came out. And, you know, it's similarly interesting. These are all games that were made after Symphony of the Night. So they all have that DNA, except for Dracula X, which is a turd. Yeah, I don't know. It's terrible. Why that's in there. It's such a weird inclusion. It's not even yeah. an advanced game. Like why? <laughs> like no, it's, it's a Super Nintendo yeah. uh, kind of like repurposing of assets yeah. from Rondo of Blood, which was a PC Engine game, which was magical but really difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like that game's super obscure, but you know, it was also on virtual consoles and stuff. So I think that's why it's around. Maybe with save states and stuff, like it's fun to play through. I've only played it on cartridge. That cartridge is rare, and I own it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I, I downloaded this and immediately fired it up last night, jumped into circle of the moon. And then I realized like, I, you know, I owned and played all those games. I actually just sold my copies on eBay. So time to that one. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I, what I realized in playing circle of the moon is that when I'm picturing game boy advance Castlevania in my head, it's absolutely Aria of Sorrow is the only yeah, thing. I don't one. know who these characters are. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember any, I don't remember anything about circle of the moon and like, Aria of Sorrow is the best one, and um, and I'm not quite sure I'm going to stick with Sickle of the Moon. I'm probably just going to jump back into Aria, which is mm. you know a legitimately a legitimate classic. And and I think Harmony would be equally as good as uh, I mean I, I I agree with you. I think Aria is like the one I always remember. There's guns in that game. It's so weird. So many it's weapons. Oh, it's so good. Aria. Ooh, here's a spicy take. Aria <laughs> might be better than Symphony of the Night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my I can gosh. See that. I, I, I would need to replay it to like stand by that decision, but it's like it's in contention. I would say I have spicier takes. I think Portrait of Ruin and Ecclesia are the best two Castlevanias in 2D. Ugh. Wait, and those are the DS ones. Well, there's there was that the uh, no, they're 3DS even. I think which is Portrait of Ruin the last one or well, what order Ecclesia, are they? Ecclesia is the last one. Uh, Portrait is the penultimate one. Portrait, you go into paintings. Right. Ecclesia, you're kind of a magic user most of the game. And then which was the first one on DS? There's three well, of them, Well, that was right? called Dawn of Sorrow, and it's <clears> kind <throat> of like an Aria of Sorrow sequel. Yeah. People love that game. That game has a lot of uh, touchscreen-y kind of early DS things. Remember when yeah, you have to, to seal have the, the yeah. Dawn of Sorrow? That's right. You're like drawing yes. like pentagrams yeah. to seal in the bosses. Yeah, it's got all that. And uh, yeah, of course, it has DS in the, uh, the acronym of the title. Just I, I, I want to shout out, uh, you know, Konami did something right uh, for once in the history of modern Konami of like, this is this is only 20 bucks, which is like yeah. very that turns it from like, uh, I don't know, into like a total no brainer. Um, mm-hmm. A really, really great, well done package that people are in for such a treat if they haven't played those games already. Yeah, yep. it's almost October and usually in Halloween season, I like to revisit Symphony of the Night. So it'll be fun to revisit. Are they announced are coming out for uh, other systems at all, or is it just yeah. on Switch? I, I, no, actually download, it, I actually downloaded it on my PS5. Okay, I think, cool. I yeah, think it's. I was hoping there would be an out on everything. It's out on everything, but there's some weird Xbox delay. But but then oh, they tweet okay. they tweeted out coming to Xbox shoot soon. Nice. Good news. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but probably the biggest news out <laughs> of the direct was uh, the Mario <laughs> movie cast and the release date, which I mean. We don't have any any probably uh, hot takes on this that people haven't heard by now. But man, I just I was watching the direct here in my little office by myself, and when they were announcing this cast, I every single one I was like, "What?" Like audibly, <laughs> I was just, "What? What?" I um, I mean, I, go ahead, Tina. I was just gonna make a dumb joke that they're looking for star power. <laughs> I mean, well done. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was good. Man, uh, he's got some good ones today. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Um, I could only watch part of the direct in real time. I had to go do family stuff. And then I was checking Twitter later to see what I missed in the second half of the direct. And I was like, what the hell happened? I'm <laughs> offline for 60 minutes. And like, I thought it was a joke. I had to like, go back and check it for my because then what happened when I was like synthesizing that information, not in real time, is people like Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. And I'm like, OK, now is this real? Or is this people making like <laughs> meme jokes? Yeah. Right, right, yeah, hundred percent. Like, because people I, did follow with casting jokes, and it yeah. became hard to tell what was reality and what was just <laughs> yeah. a meme. It's like it's like Danny DeVito as Wario, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what's true and what's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's animated, so we would expect yeah. it to look 
you know, like what like what we expect Mario to look like, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The modern, you know, 3D renderings of Mario. But when it's Chris Pratt playing Mario, then it's like, oh, well, oh, okay. So well, that- there's something there's something so insane about like, so it's Miyamoto and he's very polite and proper. And then it's being translated into English. And the English is like, ah, yes, he is so cool. And I've been working closely with the Hollywood movie studio. And then it's their headshots and Mario yeah. and just like, Something about how all of it came together just felt insane. Yeah. But I don't know. I, like, I think Chris Pratt, there's like, he's not going to be doing like a, a Charles Martinet impression. So there <laughs> must just be like, they've just know. decided to yeah. like do it like a different little spin on what Mario's personality and sound is like, right? What they, his voice is they, like. They did say yes. he's going to be, Mario's going to talk a lot. Which is already weird. So it's, yeah. you know, in general, I feel like it's going to be not off-putting, but it's going to take a little bit of adjusting. So already it might feel out of the norm based off of that. And then, yeah, like, is he going to do an accent or yeah. is, are they just going to, are they going to forego that and kind of reinvent? Since they are reinventing how chatty the characters are going to be, are they going to reinvent their personalities, their, their voices, um, or, or how they, how they, uh, how, what their tones and, and their style of talking is going to be. So remains to be seen. I mean, I mean they're certainly all talented actors. Yeah. Maybe it was necessary. Cause yep. like, you know, when you hear Mario's voice, it's not like he's like monologuing at length in games. No, right? he's, he's incoherent. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> it's like a riff that, that, on Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just maybe they realize, know, like, Mickey Mouse says coherent. Mickey Mouse tells Pluto what to do. So maybe they just Mario like, doesn't do anything. No, Mario, Mario just Mario listens for a while and then and then talks when he jumps every time he jumps. He's a man of action over words. You got to yeah. respect that. Yeah, it's always the hat tip is the most communicative he gets. Right. He's like, oh, yo, this means I'm going to get this done. Right. Yeah. And then other than that, he's just like acting surprised when somebody's mm-hmm. kidnapped. And uh, he's acting determined. Otherwise, that's like that's it for Mario. I, I I can't believe it. But to Damon, to your point, and to what we're all talking about here, like you can't make a movie based on that. It would just be really annoying. Yeah. So um, that's, that's so. Funny. Yeah, they had to they had to tear this bandaid off. They have these silent <laughs> or semi semi silent protagonists, and it's like if they're serious about their Hollywood ambitions, they have no choice but to like like. They 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 must have known they were going to get goofed on, right? But it's like this this is how it has to be if we want to make like you know a billion dollar movie franchise. Well, that yeah, that's the interesting thing to consider is you know who is that for? Who is that type of announcement for? And it genuinely is like I make jokes, but it genuinely is star power. So you're mm-hmm. indicating to the community, you know, we're putting a lot of investment into this, um, and so that's kind of what a priority is. But it would have been because we knew that something was coming. We knew that they had a partnership, and so we were anticipating some sort of entertainment crossover. Um, but you know, what if they had? shown a trailer to start and you're thinking to yourself, oh, those voices are kind of familiar. Is that really who I think it is? And then they go into the announcement. So you get a feel for what it is rather than people speculating and right off the bat writing it off because, you know, I mean, who could they have cast for Mario Mm -hmm. that would have been less goofy considering the character of Mario is what's goofy itself. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think they made the right call but they, they deserve to be goofed on for it, kind yeah. of, in my opinion. The, like, the voice actor for Mario is still alive. He's still yes. here, and they're not and in the using movie. him as the voice of Mario. He's, he's in the movie. Yeah, he's in the movie, yeah. Yeah, but he's going to be, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, that's a, that's a consolation prize at best. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, what, like whatever. He's going to be, like, Mario's dad or something weird like that. Like, 
Maybe they're going to combine both of their voices. So, like, you know, it's an overlay. So you get a little bit of that. It's going to be like he's going to be a plumber in New York City. And his dad (laughs) is like an Italian immigrant played by, you know, Charles Martinet. And then but Mario is going to be like, oh, dad, like people don't talk that way over here anymore. And then he's going to get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom. in the movie. Or maybe the whole premise is that some mystical being comes and sucks Mario's voice out of him. And the whole movie is he has to rediscover his voice. Mm -hmm. Well, this is. There's it's no totally trailer, no trailer, but it, uh, <laughs> it's revealed it's a Christmas 2022 movie. So I don't know, maybe a trailer. Which also, when they kicked off that announcement, they're like, "We're announcing a movie in theaters." It's like, is that what you want to be doing right now? Does anybody want to be doing that? I mean, apparently, when you look at box office numbers, it's, it's like Avatar. Better watch out, James Cameron. It's quaking in his boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that planned for Christmas 2022? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, the last bit of news in the director was a new trailer for Bayonetta 3 and it got a 2022 release window but still no date that game was announced mm-hmm. in 2017 Oof. I saw some really good takes on like Bayonetta lore and like all the clues that are like in that trailer and what it all means but I don't know like I'm not deep enough in that franchise to really know but I you know I enjoyed reading the fan theories um, I thought it was, okay. it was okay, what, what was that? I was just going to say it was interestingly timed because after Sony's showcase a few weeks ago, people were like, is this going to be Bayonetta for whatever reason? Yeah. Um, because the character like- in uh, Project Eve has mm. some similarities uh, and then it sort of invoked that conversation um, and people were starting to get like, yeah, where is Bayonetta 3? Does it even exist anymore? So it ended yeah. up being well-timed that it was in the direct and I guess scratch that itch. Yeah. I know Bayonetta fans are excited for that one. Okay, so I have the 100th issue of Nintendo Power. This was published in September of 1997. You, you own this one, Sam? Yeah, but look, I've never opened it. It's in a, it's in a, wow. a sealed wrapper, and it came with a little like set of zines and stuff with it that uh, I've never opened. And it, it, I got the second hand unopened, too, so there's some kid's address on the back. <laughs> That's unlike not you. me. Yeah, yes, it's very unlike me not to open things. I know. <laughs> now I never open anything. That's the joke here. But I have opened. A, I, I have. I have a box of Intel powers here. So when you brought that up, I, it's actually right down here in my garage. I want to show you another cool thing about them. When you line them up in the spines, there's pictures. Mm. Yeah. Derpy Mario. Mutated pictures. pictures. Yeah. Well, it's this. The stack I picked up is missing. Ninety-five and six. So there's a gap. But yeah. Mm. Anyway, a little bit of uh, I can't wait to see what's inside this because, like, seriously, I've never unwrapped it. <laughs> well, the cover has Mario jumping in front of a giant number one hundred, and then there are features on hundred best games of all time, hundred coolest codes ever, and then a hundred ambushes in Goldeneye. What? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the time. A hundred, a hundred ambushes in Goldeneye. There's enough to print a feature on that, I guess. Oh boy. No, there's not. Um, so the, uh, it, it opens up with an ad for Star Fox, but it shows like a, uh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. a, this a was bag. This was that era. This was that era of Nintendo. <laughs> so yeah. So 1997, everything was extreme, even Nintendo stuff. Right. And, and then this I, is a, no, there's no other mag. There's no other advertisements in this magazine at this point, except for Nintendo advertisements. That's true. That's true. Um, and also advertisements were kind of new. The first, you know, couple dozen issues, I don't think had any advertisements in them. Yeah, they just have like the family huddled around the NES, like playing. And yeah. Like, do, 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 are your friends hooked up to power? <laughs> yes. 
And looking at the cover again, Sam, this is like a, 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 a recreation of the original cover, right? For Super Mario Brothers 2, the issue number uh, one. I, I wouldn't have caught onto that, actually, until you, I guess, if you mentioned it. I don't know if Mario's posed that way. I think he Maybe, is. Maybe. I guess. I mean, I've seen it a million times. It's close. I think um, he is. Uh, it's also like that weird, like, Square Enix Mario RPG era model of Mario. It's like kind of Mario well, 64. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of. Yeah. Mid-90s, mid-90s CG art, you know. Uh, and then I don't know if it's too small, but in the bottom left corner, every page has has uh, a cover from uh, a Nintendo Power, and I think it goes chronologically. Ah, okay. So oh, that little cool. tiny one is the Castlevania Two cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is just like you know a subscription area, and it's another gross extreme thing. Huh. It says get a tasty deal anyone can swallow, and it's just a picture of worms and mud. Oh, it's totally I thought that gross. I thought that it's was not spaghetti. spaghetti. Uh, it's brown. Oh, it is spaghetti, though. I think it's spaghetti. When you really look at it, because okay. I thought worms initially because of the coloring, but it's just a bad sauce, it looks like. Okay. But they're worms, Michael. <laughs> How are the worms? <laughs> uh, and then again, prevent air sickness. Read Nintendo Power Magazine. All goes back to the What soul. the heck? It's yeah. the Star Fox doggy bag thing. Um, it says, we'll teach you not to toss your cookies when you're performing. Also, the- that fuzzy text up there was like new technology at the time. Remember when people had that on their shirts and yes. it would be like hard to read kind of fuzzy test text. Yeah. So you like, yeah. I mean, I get, like I, that. I get that Nintendo had, <laughs> had their lunch eaten by Sega and then subsequently by PlayStation. So it's like, I understand, but like what, what an unfortunate era that company went through for a hot second before, yeah. before coming to their senses and coming out of it. Yeah. It seems so off brand. Um, <laughs> kind of like having to describe um, Disco Elysium on a Nintendo Direct. Um, <laughs> in the bottom right corner is the uh, Track and Field 2 issue, which I, I remember has like the running shoes on the track, the floating running yeah. shoes. In uh, the le- letters to the editor, I wanted to call this editor. Um, this is so strange. This is from a Cynthia in, India- in Indiana. And she says, the Super NES and now the Nintendo 64 are my ways of bonding with my nephews, Ben, age 7, Adam, age 11, and Jake, 13. I'm 47. They live in Kansas, and I live in Indiana. Oh. My best friend, who is 48, was previously a nun for 22 years and is now a high school teacher and professional clown. Her name's Melody. And I, a crane operator and clown, my clown name is Confetti, <laughs> we play Nintendo games all the time. It's a great way for Melody to bond with her students and for us to bond with our young audiences when we talk to them. Today, I am known to my nephews as the Nintendo Ant. You've been a great help for bridging two generations and hopefully three generations in the future. There's just a lot of information in there. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think I, she's known as the clown ant. Yeah. You know, somebody's <laughs> not telling her that, but she's known as the clown ant. She's a clown. Okay. And, she, and her best friend is also a professional clown. Oh, man. I'm definitely going to be the video game aunt, aren't I? <laughs> That's great. That's a really, you know, it's, like it's better than being the clown aunt. Yeah. <laughs> Confetti. <laughs> Confetti. What would be your clown name, everybody? Oh, God. <laughs> so weird. They just look back at uh, some older features they used to run, like Players Pulse, where there was just like wider video game culture stuff, not specifically about games. Um, and then they also mentioned the, uh, the comic strip that would run that was a Howard and Nestor. And I mm-hmm. guess, um, yeah, I guess it only ran through de- the December 1993 issue. Hmm. So I guess that's uh, yeah. Howard Nestor was long gone by this point. I guess I don't remember. I guess I I don't know that I kept reading Nintendo Power after that. No. I mean, yeah, they switched to like cool like 
like anime manga style like yeah. metroid and zelda and like kind of issue to issue comic books yeah. instead of those colored pencil panels from you know the desk of whoever the issue in the bottom right here is uh batman with the joker clearly on, uh, jack nicholson's joker clearly on the cover um oh yeah and then so they talk about speaking of batman i think it was um a preview i don't know for what movie it was if it was the first one or batman returns anyway they had a poster of michael keaton and it says in volume 42 our poster boy was michael keaton as batman heroic as he may look the folks at the batman camp didn't think keaton appeared as square jawed as the caped crusader should be so mm. our design team came to rescue and touched up his jowls whoa <laughs> so what they just oh, did some whoa. they touched up a photo of that was provided of yeah, michael keaton like, in the costume yeah Okay. And then That's and then just really and then strange. just put that in the magazine. Yeah. Also, they could have just said jawline. I don't know why they need to use the word jowls. Yeah. They were going with the gross I, theme. I don't care mm-hmm. for that. Yep, it's extreme. Mm-hmm. It's extreme jaw. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in the power charts, uh, the Nintendo. These are the top ten for each system. On Nintendo sixty four, the top three were Star Fox sixty four, Mario Kart sixty four, and Mario sixty four. And Sam, do you remember these are like voted on by the users, by the readers, but I don't know how yeah. they voted. Oh, yeah. The math is super confusing. Yeah. I mean, it could have been like just internal voting. I have no idea. It was always called Player's Pulse. Hey, did they include Virtual Boy as any mention in this entire issue? I don't think so. No, it was already gone. Aww. It was already One forgotten. year later. One year later. No, no respect. The Super Nintendo's top three were Link to the Past, Donkey Kong Country 3, and Super Mario RPG. And then the Game Boy's top three were Link's Awakening. Donkey Kong Land 2 and Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. And I just think this is such an interesting time in uh, Nintendo's history where they were like, they had three consoles going. Mm-hmm. And, like, and their magazines covering three completely different Nintendo platforms at one time. I don't know. It's just like, it seems like a lot mm-hmm. to juggle. Yeah. It was common. They called it their three pillar strategy. And even when they put out the DS, they were like, we're going to keep the Game Boy going because that's actually serving a different audience. And it's our three pillar strategy. They just really stuck to that for a while. It really was the switch that turned everything on its head. Where it's just like, nah, you just got one thing now. Yeah. They have some N64 previews of upcoming games. They've got Zelda 64. Apparently the name Ocarina of Time hadn't been uh, revealed as, as of September 1997. No, and kind of famously, I'm, I'm not. Cool. Se- I'm not seeing it as much in this exact preview, but like all the early Zelda 64 screenshots that, like, you know, IGN64.com and everybody had, none of that stuff's in the game. And yeah. and you know, and enthusiasts have been hunting to try to find those areas in the game. Like, there was all these rumors about the Sky Temple and like all this stuff. Like, that game was in development for so long and went through so many iterations that. Um, that it's more interesting than usual to go back and look at these super old early previews. Yeah. They also have Yoshi's story, which was famously not very well received. Yeah. It's on, you can pay um, money to play it on your Nintendo switch, um, but you don't own it. You just get to, you just get to rent it. That's true. That's true. The issue in the bottom left corner, there is a maniac mansion, which I remember very well. That got me so excited to play maniac mansion. Uh, Oh, and they also have a little explainer box. What is two and a half D? I don't remember mm. that ever needing to be explained. They say Mr. Miyamoto and other members of the Yoshi Story team have been referring to the style of the title as a two and a half D action game. We asked them just what this means. I mean, we call it 2.5D now. And also, yeah. out of all the people in the world that would be surprised that they'd need an explanation of what 3D is in a game, I think it's strange that you're bringing that up right now, Damon. I was waiting for that. 
<laughs> I think this is a running joke that you're trying to make happen that's just not going to catch on. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. It already happened. <laughs> We've got Banjo-Kazooie in here, uh, and then Conker's Quest. Oh, oh wow, the game that never came out and then became something else. It became Conker's Bad Fur Day, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Because it, and this I mean, is like a genuine, like, you know, be like this is made for your family time game well, it's like you can see exactly what happened like rare had these two games in development at the same time they're the same game it's just yep. another <laughs> cute animal platformer like why do we they don't need to be making the same game and they, this is the this is in the n64 preview section right yes those completely just look like advertisements they're just ads that's oh, just an ad for conquer it's nintendo <laughs> power yeah um they have a little screenshot here um, where they, in one screen, <laughs> Conker's looking one way and the other, his head is facing a different direction. And it says, Conker's discovery of an acorn nearby can be seen in the sequence of screenshots. At first, he doesn't see the nut. Then he spies it and gets excited. Yum. That's so cute. <laughs> Do you remember in, uh, there's a few games that like really started touting that. And one was Wind Waker when it came out. Mm. Link would like kind of look up like yeah. look up at something that was off yeah. screen to kind yeah. of like hint you off and he looks like he's rolling his eyes when he does it it's really funny <laughs> they have space station silicon valley in here which is a uh, love that game you know the the dma design is that right yep that's what Former, i was just gonna say for Ro- became rockstar yep that's a, that's a very cool unique game and then uh, they have a pretty cool the poster in this issue was every single issue of nintendo power and all the covers there mm. That would have been a cool. That's that poster is inside your sealed copy, Sam. All right, I'm opening it. Okay, so. good. Uh, here's a feature on a hundred other things that equal a hundred. It it's things like mm, number of times Luigi has been overlooked to appear in a game. Uh, <laughs> minimum hit points to win a Star Fox 64 gold medal in Solar or Sector Z, or uh, points you earn by destroying a Grunt in Robotron 64. That type of thing. Okay. Sure. And in their best codes ever feature, this will be cool. your, yeah, relevant to your interest. Yeah. Well, so the Konami code is here, of course, but then like the minus world in Super Nintendo. So not that's code. my favorite. Well, no, no, that's, in, that's in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. But it's, it's a great Easter egg. Probably my favorite Easter egg of all time. And yeah. I can do that. And I've done it at a talent show before when I was a kid. Well, that's amazing. That is really good. But yeah, not a code. So they just—they're what they really meant is like Easter eggs or secrets or something in a game. But as somebody who is IGN's cheats editor, those words were at one time synonymous. It was just like the cheats and codes and all this stuff on it. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. They've got the second quest for Zelda in there. These are great. You know, it's a hundred. But then you got stuff. <laughs> the hunt for Red October for NES is in here. <laughs> It was not a big hit, but its codes were significant for actually changing the mechanics of the game to turn the scrolling off, blah, 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 to turn the inertia off, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was like mods, like physics mods. And I remember that, you know, Nintendo Power made a big deal of it in classified information when that was out. I didn't rent it anyway, because I was like, I'm not playing this game. It's for (laughs) grownups. This feature goes on for quite some time. Uh, In Counselor's (laughs) Corner, they had a Star Fox 64 section. How do I how do I warp from sector X to sector two? That sort of thing. Classified information had stuff on Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Oh, uh, Jungle Book. Castlevania 2 on Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and Pac-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And then the hundred ma- best games of all time. Number one, they picked Super Mario 64. Well, they didn't go in they didn't go in reverse order. Mm. No, yeah. Oh. That started <laughs> off. 
<laughs> so the top three, Mario 64, A Link to the Past, and Tetris. Yeah, well. You know, it's not, not really not, to argue with those. But I was going to say, yeah. Ooh, but wait, wait a second. I, yep, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Page, <laughs> page one. Page one, okay, okay. But, boy, page I don't know about this. like Mario Kart 64 at number four. Mario Brothers 3 at number five. So if Mario Kart 64, a better game than Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, it was the year Mario Kart 64 came out. <laughs> what do they say their uh, qualifying factors are? It's in that first paragraph. Yeah. I can't read. Man, I don't know if I... But ticking off the reasons why they were right, why everyone else had brain damage. Well, we had a, we held a vote. Jeez. which resulted uh, in the okay. list you find so, here. It was a democratic yeah. decision. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. And it said they had 12 panelists. If you have a problem with this, go back. It says if you have a problem with this, take it up with the judge. Yeah, but also that's mixing their metaphors because they just said they held they held a vote like Democratic Americans, exactly. And then they say take it up with the jury. honestly, that's how our democracy has been working as of late, unfortunately. And the headline is "100 Best Games of All Time." So you want to fight about it? Oh man, man, so extreme. Well, I, I do think that the Final Fantasy three and two inclusion on here has a lasting, you know, like, that's true. You know, three yeah. is still beloved. Yeah, Metroid, of course. I mean, they're no GoldenEye. <laughs> GoldenEye was at number seven. Street Fighter two Turbo at number ten. So yeah, I mean, it, that's just that's a Street Fighter two. That's a yeah. top ten game, I think, for most people on Earth, right? I mean, yeah. not personally. I'm just saying, like, for the list that we've seen, not things so. personally. Street Fighter had more. I mean, people, it's still really beloved today. But like, it was we every single time we flip through one of these magazines, they're all obsessing about how Street Fighter is like the best thing on earth. It's kind of mm-hmm. fallen off in prominence a little bit. Yeah. Star Fox sixty four at number thirteen. Wave Race sixty four at number fifteen. Super Mario World at sixteen. <sighs> that's that. That's more beloved than it was back then. Yeah, now. I think. It's more common for Super Mario World to be number one today. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like whatever all the N sixty four games being in the top ten. Like, okay, like you, you're writing for a Nintendo magazine. I get it, but like having Mario three that far above Mario World, like that's a little bit. Those are some of the more interesting calls yeah. in here. Yeah, Castlevania, the original NES Castlevania, at number twenty two. So above Castlevania three and Super Castlevania. I mm. think that's super cool, and I agree with it. <laughs> <No> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Um, it has the best music. Okay, so Mario Paint was number 29. <laughs> the 29th best game, better than the original Final Fantasy or Metroid or Zelda 2 or Simpsons. Remember when, uh, remember I, 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 Tina and Justin and Damon and I used to sit together in, in the office and CJ would come over and I had the, the, yeah. the mouse and the mouse pad for a- Mario Paint. And he'd kneel on the floor in front of the little CRT between our desks. And he, he would play that so well. And he was yeah. so good at it. And he could like get like a perfect score. Yeah. That, yeah. That was a good day. <laughs> the aforementioned Shadowrun came in at 48. There it is. 48th best game of all time. And then Castlevania 4 is all the way down at 56, looks like. Ah, oh, Tetrisphere. Just Golf for Game Boy was number 51. Uh, I bet that's really good. You know, probably good. Mario Golf for Man, NES is fantastic. I forgot all about Tetrisphere. I love that game. I wonder if it would be good now in 2021. Probably 50th not. 50th best game of I all time. I love it too. According to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, the worst games of all time. Number one was, it's just like licensed stuff. It's just cheap. You know, they're just punching down at these games. These I, can't believe games. <laughs> I can't believe they're even allowed to say this. Bebe's Kids, Barbie Supermodel, Shaq Fu, then uh, AD&D Heroes of the Lance. 
Pit Fighter made it. We talk about Pit yeah. Fighter sometimes. I love making fun of Pit Fighter. Friday the I think 13th. that's punching up. Plenty <laughs> of uppercuts in that game. Michael <laughs> Jordan in the Windy City. Beethoven, the movie about the dog. And Color a Dinosaur, Sam. I'm a big fan of Color a Dinosaur. It says, that it says, imagine Mario Paint without anything fun in it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, Color, Color a Dinosaur is a very literal game. You have a black and white drawing of a dinosaur, and you just use the Nintendo controller and color in the segments. It's very peaceful. My man. I, my man. I really games. want that. I want, I want that Beethoven game. We need to track that down. Omega okay. cops. It's probably, it's probably, right? super, it's gotta be a super Nintendo game. I think for the, the year it would be uh, it's a great movie. That dog with all the slobber, Charles Grodin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My man. Shadowgate made the list at 73. That's higher than I would have expected. I love Shadowgate. <laughs> Gradius 3 is at 76, and I want to read the copy for Gradius 3. The always superb graphics of the series reached a new level in this first Super NES Mega Man game, while the gameplay remained traditional with some cool additions, such as a new PAL Zero. What? Okay. Little mix up in the copy there. Yep. Now we have to find the Mega Man game and see if it has well, the that, Gradius that was copy. up above here. Mega Man X. It's the no, same copy. No, Zero's not in that. No, it would be. It's mm. the same copy. Zero? Okay. It's, it's the copy paste error, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they laid out magazines in 1997. With scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting to the end of the list, what was number 100? With, 100 is Alien 3. Yeah. The movie tie-in, which actually is a good game and has awesome music. So, Anyway. Yeah, you've used that on GameScoop before, yep, right? That is true. Uh, in the review section, they reviewed Goldeneye. Gave it a 9. So Nine, number 7. But the 7th best games game of all time. All time a 9. <laughs> Yeah, Star Fox 64 got an 8.4. Tetrisphere got a 7.8. Tetris Plus on Game Boy got a 6.7. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, in their pack watch, it's Earthworm Jim 3, which is a Nintendo 64 game, so I don't know why yeah. that wasn't in the previous N64 preview section. NF064 is in there. Cool. Back of the magazine, fun to the 100th power. And that's it. That is the 100th issue of Nintendo Power. Well, whoever else has an open copy of this, they should tell me what the inserts are because there's like legit a book insert inside here. I think it might be a catalog or something, hmm. but it looks really cool. Cool. I really appreciated as much as I like to goof on Sega. I was a Sega kid going growing up and was subscribed to Sega Visions, not Nintendo Power. And so I'm, I'm not sure I've ever actually owned an issue of Nintendo Power. Speaking of Sega, I forgot to call out one of these games from this 100 uh, best games list. Let me see if I can find Mortal Kombat is what I'm looking for. Mortal Kombat 2, number 53. I thought this is surprisingly honest for a Nintendo-owned publication. Nintendo learned its lesson the hard way with the success, the success of the Genesis Mortal Kombat. Whoa. Gamers want copious amounts of gore. Mm-hmm. So that, that's Whoa. just interesting that they're able to admit that. How many times ever was the Sega Genesis mentioned in Nintendo yeah, Power? Exactly. Yeah. They just have uh, you just you have a social contract when you read that magazine of like this isn't the hundred best games of all time like this it doesn't have to say like well we're only talking about Nintendo games here like it's implied. And we need to do a lightning round of of twenty questions because I have to get a flu shot. Ooh, fun. Let's do it. Let's kick it off. Okay. Uh, Suggestion this week comes from Rob Dundon in Cardiff, Wales, UK. And he has a little hint, a story about his his game. Mm. He says, I have very fond memories of this game. 
as my late father-in-law would make a point of visiting every Thursday around the time this game was released for a cup of tea and to catch up during his visits. And that's catch up, catching up with someone. <laughs> during his visits, he would always insist on seeing where my wife and I had got to in this game. Although he would never play himself, he was just happy to watch us play and was greatly impressed with the graphics and gameplay. Mm. So with that hint, Aww, I love that story. With that hint, let the questioning begin. Can you is it say an RPG? Is it an RPG? No. Can you save this game? Like Can you save it and pick it up where you left off? Yes. Should we go dates? It's probably Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> we Did could do co- the was it in this uh, magazine. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah, one. Let's it. Go for it. Uh, could this game have been, or should I go was or could? Could. Could, could this game have ga- could this game have been in that Nintendo Power issue? No. Oh. Well, so ooh, I'm sorry. I'm I am re uh, taking that back. And yes, it could okay. have been. Cool. That means uh, it wasn't. By the way, is my guess. But could have been. But could have been. So '90s Nintendo game. Well, yeah, early 2000s, because like Conquer mm-hmm. came out in 2002. So I bet it's like something right around there. Right. For the preview section. Yeah. And did, this game, did this game come out on the Nintendo 64? No. Was this public? Was this a first party game? Yes. That's five. Wait, wait. And you just asked if it's a first party game from someone, right? Yeah, from someone. <laughs> this is why, Damon, see, it's totally like a Genesis game or something. We're like, well, maybe if... Nintendo right. Power did something no. wild that was in there. Right, right, right. It, this was a first-party Nintendo game. Oh. Is it part of a series? No. Ooh. Did wow. It, did it originally come out? That's weird. On, I don't know, I want to get the Nintendo platform. I don't know how to narrow it down in an effective way. Oh. Um. I mean, we could just go through them. Was it, did it originally release on the NES? No. Is it from after 2000? Yes. Oh, wait. So what does that, what does that mean? G- G- it's a game, GameCube game or a GBA? Or- but how could it have been in that card. issue of Nintendo Power? How could it have? How could it have? So it must have been a preview. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, but that, was, that issue was pretty early, wasn't it? it said 97. Mm-hmm. So... Would maybe Game Boy Advance? I, was this game originally released on the Game Boy Advance? No. And nor in sixty four GameCube. Was it originally released on the GameCube? Yes. Huh. There that's, it is. That's ten. Okay, it's, we can get this first so part one off on the GameCube, uh, published by Nintendo. Odama. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. We're I can't remember if Nintendo published that though. Yeah, I think they did. I just was looking through my GameCube collection. I have several of them down here on the floor. Um, it also could be like, you know, well, no, it can't. I was going to say like a game that was, it's, it's not part of a series. Can it also be a spinoff of those series, but then just ended? But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would ask because like, you know, I don't what, know. What's the, um, what's the Advance Wars? Battalion Wars. Battalion Wars. That's why I don't know if that counts. If That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. Does this game is this game a spin-off of a more established Nintendo franchise? No. So it's just its own thing. Cubivore. Is it a pinball in it? 
No. Okay. It's probably Cubivore. <laughs> Cubivore? What's that? That weird, I don't know, that weird GameCube game. I don't know how to describe it. What about like, what about those late ones like Geist or um, mm-hmm. what's the alien one that, ever, that that was right at the end of the GameCube? Alien one. Um, this, this, it was kind of like Halo-like. I don't know. I, I remember the Conduit on the Wii. The Conduit, that's what it was. Conduit yeah. 2, I think, was on the Wii. Yeah, those. Were, I think they were both Wii games. Maybe not. Really? I don't know. Uh, yeah, does it have ghosts in it? Geist has ghost in it. Well, mm, there's Geist. probably go- there's probably ghosts. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, but that what I was what trying about, to hint at Geist. <laughs> what about Rare's game grabbed by not grabbed by Ghoulies, but like the they did Star Fox Adventures and then they do some zombie or Ghoulies game that was on Xbox though. That it was, was that was after they were bought. Yep. They they only did Star Fox Adventures on GameCube. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And then I think they were sold. Oh, boy. First party Nintendo game, not part of a series, not a spinoff. Uh, so wait, so 1080 Snowboarding Avalanche is obviously a sequel. Could it be a sport, another sports thing? Not if there's probably ghosts. <laughs> I mean, it's like a horror, horror game or, I don't know, mm-hmm. some sort of action game. Uh, like, yeah, farming, I mean, like, maybe. Yeah, like Mario has ghosts in it, so it's mm. like it can be cute ghosts, right? But it's not a spinoff; it's its own no, thing. I, it's, it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine. I wonder if it is Geist, and then Damon saying probably ghosts is now throwing us off. Yeah, have we mentioned this game yet? No. Shit. Mm. <laughs> we go down the genre path. Yes. Like, well, that's actually interesting because I, the first one I think of is RPGs. Did Nintendo do yeah. RPGs? They did Bats and Kaitos, it's but not there was an two RPG, of them. Though. Bats and Kaitos? I, oh, think, they, not an RPG I think they yeah. published it. Yeah, we know it's not an RPG, so if there's ghosts, I suppose, I don't know, my mind goes to platforming after uh, that. I'm so frustrated. I'm sure I have this game in my closet right now. I so badly want Oh, what about Zack and Wiki? No, that was a Capcom. That was Capcom. Okay, so genre-wise... We could do. Oh, um, did you racers at all? That were weird. No. With ghosts. Uh, puzzle. Oh, uh, no. Pokemon would be part of a series, so I need that. I was going to say puzzle game to start because that tends to be with like dads like, or at least in my experience. Oh yeah, um, that's right. But if we you're got, progressing, I forgot. I we got like such games. a big clue. We got such a big clue at the beginning of the guy saying his uncle used to come over and like, see how much progress they'd made. Like, exactly. And that's why I asked if Let's the game had save games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's do the puzzle game question, but it's totally, well, okay. But sure. I don't really think of puzzles as no. a progression that somebody likes to witness. Do you, is this a, like a platforming game? No, that's 15. I think maybe the the person would say, like, you know, if there's a hundred, if you know there's a hundred puzzles, then you totally say, like, how many more have you gotten? Like for the witness or something, you know, like. Mm. I just can't even think. It's a first party GameCube game from Nintendo. Like, I'm sure that I could list off every single one there is, but I'm just. Well, there's Pac-Man versus. Hmm. Do we know for a fact it's from Nintendo? Is it Pac-Man versus? No, I don't think so. It's just too, too. It's part of Plus, a series for Souls Pac Man. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah, we know yeah, it's from Nintendo. 
We know it's from Nintendo because we asked if it was first party. Damon Damon said it was a first party Nintendo, and it could it could have it could have in theory appeared in this issue of Nintendo Power, which Mm -hmm. probably means it's some weird like some weird game with some weird storied history. I mean, is it Conquer? Except for that was on N sixty four. Oh yeah, we're in GameCube now. Uh, and that, I guess, is part of the series now, too. Man, what's up with that? I, it's helpful. Is it helpful to know if Nintendo published it or and just it, developed it? Did a Nintendo own studio develop this game? No. Yeah, so it's something they published. Like, like Geist. Killer 7 type stuff? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember. I don't think Nintendo publishes Capcom games. I think Capcom, Capcom is the publisher. I think so. I still think it yeah, might. I, mean, I still think it might be Geist. We no, it can't be because we asked if we'd mentioned the game already. Oh shit! You're right. <laughs> Only uh, you guesses. Oh, what about Chibi Robo? Chibi Robo. Let's see. What does that mean, criteria wise? Are there ghosts? Part, it, there's series in it. There's, there's, there's a new new Chibi Robo. Well, yeah, it's old now, but yeah, you're right. They made a sequel on um what on 3ds. Is that right? Yeah, they made one more of them. What the heck is the ghost part of this? Even also, I think we're putting way too much emphasis on the ghost thing. It's a problem. No, like like it, it's it's able to have them in it, which means it's not like some. It's not a driving game that we don't know about, or like a you know, or a sports game or anything like yeah, that. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but you have to like old, old um, like EA sports games. Let you play like you could play against a team that was all mummies in old Madden games. <laughs> well, what about, what what about Mario well, Strikers? Back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about like Mario Strikers or a sports game that never came back for another. Is that not part of a series because it's part of the Mario universe? Yeah, not we asked about series? spinoffs. So, we, so oh, we did. That's right. Yeah, and that was also a no. So it's a completely standalone. Never got a sequel, which I guess we could have asked if it was received well, but I'd have to assume no if it didn't get a sequel. Mm. We're, we're failing at this being a speed round, too. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you got three questions and okay. a guess. I have to rush you a little bit. Okay. Um, we got some Hail Marys here. It's not a platformer. It's not an RPG. Yeah. We need, we need to just burn some questions. Okay. Um, Ask if it's a puzzle uh, game. You've been circling around that. Yeah, might as well. Is it a puzzle game? No. Should we ask if it's a horror game? Yeah. Is it a horror game? Yes. Oh. It's Eternal Darkness! Ooh. It's Eternal Darkness, yeah. <laughs> it's a game to me also. Is it Eternal Darkness? Yes. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Good work on oh. the horror question. Ooh, the horror right question the totally broke it. Oh, we're Man. idiots. We're idiots. I mean, we still won. But like... <laughs> and it started development as a Nintendo 64 game. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, you guys got there in the end. Yeah, that's what counts. Yeah. I, 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 I loved this game when it came I, out. I played hooky and cut school to play this game and then was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't play it at the time, um, but then GameScoop... Super fan. After I came to work at IGN and started GameScoop, super fan Matt Jones mailed me a copy, and I ended up playing it on the Wii. Years after the fact, 
Okay. Well, that old IGN logo that just Yeah, that was you. funny, and it was in a star wipe. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the suggestion, Rob Dundon in Cardiff, Wales, UK. Uh, and that was a very nice story that you shared about your father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. going to do it for this edition of GameScoop. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. My name is Damon. I got to go get a flu shot. And we're out.